Thanks for tuning in to the North Carolina Blogger Network, North Carolina's premier blogging community. Hey friends, we're back with another episode of the Blogging 411 podcast. We're bringing another one back from the archives today just for you, and we're going to be covering top secret tips to boost your blog. In this episode of Blogging 411, we are welcoming the smart, funny, and talented minds behind Blogging Concentrated, Dan Morris and Rachel Martin. They're up next for this episode of Blogging 411, Top Secret Tips to boost your blog. Stay tuned. Um, 8 p.m. She's she's putting <laughs> Hi everyone and welcome to Blogging 411 where we talk about blogging as a business or as a personal hobby and welcome today to the top secret. So this is a big treat. They're the top secret tips to boost your blog. And I would love to introduce our co-host for today, Miss Tiffany Haywood. Hi, everybody. I'm Tiffany, or Mrs. T, from Mrs. T Love Life Laughter. And that's my lifestyle blog, mommy blog, a little bit of everything blog where I share my life. I'm also one of the regional ambassadors for the NC Blogger Network. And I'm so happy to be here today to get a little bit of the top secret information on our blogs and how to get them boosted. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very, very excited about this. And today we have the two co-founders of BC uh, Concentrated, Blogging Concentrated. Sorry, I use BC all the time. But totally. let me, um, ladies, first, I'll have Rachel introduce yourself really quick. All right. Well, I'm Rachel Martin, and I am a co-founder of Blogging Concentrated, and I also write the site FindingJoy.net, where I write about motherhood and living an intentional life. And then Dan and I also co-host the Amplified podcast. Nice. And Dan, we saved the be- most beautiful for last. We did. Fortunate. <laughs> oh my word. I am the Dan that she referenced. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, welcome everybody. And nice, I. Dan. <laughs> I wanted to say I absolutely love Dan and Rachel. I met them for the first time at a homeschool conference. They were r- running a um, separate track for homeschool parents that blog, and they blew me out of the water with their knowledge and the way they attacked this whole blogging thing. And let me tell you, they had an answer for every situation. They had an opinion, and if they didn't have something right away, you could tell that their minds work so quickly that they, when they hit a wall, they just go over it, around it, dig under it, but they get to their goals. And I'm really, really excited to hear what some of their opinions are on this, how to, the you know, these top secret tips to boost your blog. Because what we're really talking about here is the common frustration of bloggers, whether you've been, you're right out of the gate or you've been blogging for a while, um, obviously, we all think that we are knocking it out of the park with the, our design, our blog colors, our fonts, our content, what we're doing. Um, and sometimes you get a little bit frustrated because you're not seeing the results that you want to see. Um, you, you know, you might be in a Facebook group or, or you might be networking in person and you hear, you know, page views that are triple yours and you don't know why 
your blog isn't performing like others. Um, so that is what we are, this is the, the, the topic and the hard hitting question that we are going to hit Dan and Rachel for, with today. So guys, just jump in and let us know kind of some of the things that you see when the, when you hear this complaint. Well, the first problem that I would say that, that we have with this topic is that most people judge their success with the wrong tools. Mm -hmm. So they wonder why they're not doing as well as they should be doing, and yet they're not using the right tools to get there in the first place. Okay. So for an example would be the Google AdWords keyword tool. A lot of people use this tool. Um, they do research on it. They find the keywords that lots of people search for and the, that the tool says has low competition, and then they write posts about that, and then the posts don't get seen. So they wonder, they did the right research, but they're not getting the right results, so what, what is the problem? But the problem really comes to the fact that they didn't do the right research. That's the wrong tool. Okay. The Google, for instance, the Google AdWords keyword tool is really for advertisers. That's why it's in the AdWords section. So <laughs> okay. what it tells you is that it, it has two columns, the number of people that are searching for that topic and the competition. The first column is the number of people searching for that topic. Now, if that is um, Mercedes cars, for instance, just that's the keyword, um, it will tell you that, whatever, 3 million people are searching for that per month. But what that's really telling you is that the words Mercedes and cars are in 3 million searches per month. Mm. And then the second column is competition. And some people are looking for the ones that say low competition. But what the keyword tool is telling you is that the, if there's low competition, that means there's low competition for advertisers because it's an advertising tool. It's telling you that there are very few people advertising in the sidebar of this keyword so that as an advertiser, you can figure out where money you should spend your money. In mm -hmm. low competition means that Basically, this is not a commercial topic. There aren't companies bidding on this term. So a blogger will use this tool, and they'll think that low competition means there aren't that many people competing for the keyword from a website standpoint. But that's not correct at all. There might be 160,000 websites competing for that term, in which case you have to beat 159,990 to get on page one. So they use the wrong tools, and then they expect results from those tools. And then mm -hmm. they realize something is not going right. Why are other people doing better than me? So oftentimes it's not that they're doing poorly. It's just that they're basing their information on the wrong source. That totally <laughs> makes sense, and I feel like I've probably done that in the past. Sorry, Tiffany, go ahead. No, that's okay. If AdWords is a tool that you're saying is more likely for advertisers, what should we as bloggers actually try to use instead to gauge ourselves? So blogging concentrated, we recommend teach, promote, and use one tool, and that is brainstormtools.com. There, okay. there are lots of good keyword tools like Market Samurai and Word Tracker and Traffic Travis, um, but we like brainstorm tools because it doesn't have the 97 bells and whistles that you don't need. The price is right and it gives you exactly what you need. So we not only 
promote it, teach it, make money from it when we promote it, but we trade you. Like, we're going to make a commission or an affiliate commission on that, but we're going to train you how to use it. We'll give you videos. We'll answer any of your questions. We'll help set it up for you, any of those things. Now, we, like Word Tracker and Market Samurai, too, we don't have an affiliate link or anything for those, and we don't train or teach or promote because we just don't use it. But, but there is no free keyword tool. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. This is not the kind of information that's just out there for free. And it shouldn't be because if it was out there for free, then we would be competing with a lot more people. We have to separate ourselves occasionally by paying for tools so that we can rise above the rest. That's amazing. I've actually never heard of that tool. Now, do you cover that in the BC Prime, or is that a one-on-one -on -one consultation, or is that covered in one of the um, classes that you're going to be bringing to the Triangle and the Char into Charlotte area? All four of those. Nice. <laughs> All of the above. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really great. Um, Dan, I did have a question. I was reading your blog and concentrated about me, and you have a quote in there that like, I really took to, and you said, you believe bloggers can make a full-time income, take vacations, and retire, and that's why you help us to get better and get returned from our efforts. And that's like the first time I've actually seen someone expect from a blogger the same thing most other people expect from like a normal career type thing. So I just wanted to ask you, like, how do you help us get to that point? I know blogging concentrated is like a big thing, so you can't explain it in this short amount of time. But just a few quick tips on, like, how you can get there besides going to conferences and stuff. Rachel, do you want to take that? Well, you know, I can. I was thinking um, when you were talking that the first thing that we talk about is really having the mindset of being a CEO. It's There comes a point in blogging where you have to decide, is this a hobby or is this something that I'm, is this a business? And when you start to look at it through that mindset that this is, that you're the CEO of this company, then you start to make strategic decisions that support that building of a business. You're no longer looking, because you start to look at the time that you're spending and you want to get a return on investment on your time. And so a lot of what we teach is that looking of it, of your site with that um, lens. I know in the beginning you were talking about like even site design and all of that. We challenge you to look even beyond like, what font, what, what color scheme, all of that that you're using, and to know what every pixel on your site is worth so that if you put an ad here, you know exactly how much money that ad is making. We, you know, ways that bloggers can do that is by creating products and resonating. And going back to that, one of the first things you guys talked about uh, was that idea of page growth or the page views and stuff. And what I wanted to challenge you to, like what Dan was talking about, the tools was that if you're comparing to everybody else, you're not serving your community. You're not really understanding at that point what it is to engage with your community. I say learn from all the other bloggers, but a real thing that we emphasize, especially in the circles curriculum, is this idea of really knowing your community so well that the content that you produce is, uh, actually resonates with them so much that you know that they're going to want to like, share, tweet, and all of that, which um, drives traffic. I'll add to that for you. Um, the idea of, of vacations and retirement is key because burnout is a, a real thing in the blogging world. You mm -hmm. yeah. work 100 hours a week for a long time and then never make any money. Um, or, as some of the people who come to Blogging Concentrated too, you can work 60 hours a week on sponsored posts alone and make a lot of money but realize there's no way out. 
Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you can make money on ads and realize that you can't take vacation because the day you stop posting on Facebook is the day the cookie crumbles. So we spend a lot of time talking about um, building your own empire. You know, the idea that that you would sell things to your community to some people is um, like spammy or they're afraid to go there. They just want to write posts and put ads in the sidebar and they're hoping that somehow some sort of miracle happens. Um, but in reality, whatever you write about is somebody's hobby. So mm-hmm. if you, I mean, all of us have a thing. Like I collect Pepsi cans, and some people have shoes, and other people love to read John Grisham novels, um, and other people love movies. So whatever it is that we love, there's a good chance that if you look around your house, there's things that you've purchased because you love that thing. We like to point to a gardening blog that sells the most beautiful playing cards where each card is artistically drawn with some sort of horticulture information. And they're just gorgeous. If, if you Google permaculture playing cards, you'll, you'll see them. So this blogger who blogs about gardening realizes that his audience is people who love gardening. So even though he writes about cold weather tips for indoor plants or whatever, he realizes that his readers are gardening people. So that means they probably have gardening shirts and they have, um, you know, like some sort of beautiful plant pictures in their house and realizes that in order to really develop a community, he has to feed the love of gardening. So playing cards is an easy thing because when you have guests over and that's your thing, hobby, and you bring out some beautiful playing cards, that's just such a neat, a neat way for you to show your friends and family that you love gardening. So, you know, like right now we're working on like a cool social media set of playing cards. Because we know that at blogging conferences, you know, bloggers would probably like that. It'd be cool to have. So just yeah. just writing posts is one thing, but feeding the beast is something totally different. You know, bringing people to the table and realizing, okay, I have a community. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. click an ad, but that doesn't make them better. How do I make them better? How do I make them love coming here? I mean, what are the awesome things I can do? You know, we, we have a friend, Crystal Collins, who loves Doctor Who. And at one conference, I was telling people this concept, and she lifted her shoes up. She had Doctor Who shoes. They were like <laughs> Chuck Taylor blue shoes with a picture of that phone booth thing on the side. Mm-hmm. Like somebody mm-hmm. sold her those shoes. But what was more important was that she loved the shoes. So mm-hmm. if a Doctor Who fan site sells shoes, then that person not only makes money, but feeds a community, people who love that thing. So if we can take you from thinking about your blog as posts and advertising mm-hmm. to thinking about your blog as let me bring in an audience and let what, what can I do to make them more awesome? I mean, how many things are there? And the idea that you would sell the things is even better because people just love buying things that they love. And you never have to fill your garage. There are so many ways to to get things to promote ideas that, that don't require you actually taking physical inventory of anything. But mm-hmm. but the idea that you would feed the community more than you would worry about the ads or the number of pages or something is a different mindset. Like what else can I do to make them awesome? You know, we have another friend who um, he buys you know, remember that show Lost that was on TV? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He buys 
lost posters wholesale. And then he sells the posters on eBay. And in the, the tube, he puts advertising for his blog and his podcast. Because he knows if you buy a lost poster, you're probably a lost fan. So if you're going to buy a lost poster, you might as well also know about the blog and the podcast. So okay. just the idea that those are his fans, I mean, he actually gets paid for advertising because people buy the posters. But it's a totally different mindset than just worrying about ad placement mm -hmm. and sponsored posts. It's how many ways can I make them awesome? And when you do that, then they come back. And you can schedule a couple of posts you know, while you're on vacation, but you don't have to post on Facebook every 27 minutes. Right. So <clears throat> what would you say to a blogger that doesn't feel like they have a big community and they don't feel they're not quite sure how to start building that, right? So every almost every blogger understands that they're, you need to have your community and you need to know them well, but what do you say to that blogger that either has a very small community that really only consists of like blogger friends and friends and family and how to break out and start building that community where it does grow? Well, well go uh, ahead, Dan. I'm going to defer to Rachel, but I, I'm going to say that First, you have to know who it is that you're talking to. And a lot of people will say, you know, like, build your customer avatar or however they, you want to say it. Mm -hmm. But I want to say that most people, at least in Blogging Concentrator, when we ask, they'll say something like, um, yeah, women over 30 who have kids are my target market. <laughs> and so Rachel and I will say, oh, well, there's a ton of those in Saudi Arabia. How often do they visit your site? <laughs> so then they'll go, oh, wait, that's not my target market. So they'll realize that maybe they haven't really figured it out. And so they don't know who to write to. And I'll pass the baton to Rachel, but um, the idea that you know who you write for means that you understand how to write to them. Mm -hmm. Rachel? Yeah, I think that's a real important part about is knowing who you're writing for, but you can't lose why you're writing in the process of writing uh, because I think we can try to think, I'm going to do this, but then there's that not that underlying passion or, or love of what you're doing in writing. And so one of the things that even if you have a smaller community that I encourage people to do is to start really figuring out who that community is. Like if you have a Facebook page, really simple ways of just getting engagement, asking questions, and starting to understand, and then figuring out where they hang out. Like, I know that I have a lot of moms that read my site, so I will go find the forums where they hang out, and I'll kind of read what they're saying, or I'll read other articles that they're posting so I have this inside view to who they are. And then I really strongly recommend interacting with them, thanking them, responding to them, and building that community in any way like that. Like, if they share something of yours, then going and finding it and saying, hey, thank you so much for sharing this article, I really appreciate it, and writing something personal back, because that those little things build upon each other and build upon each other to grow. There's, you know, you can have an exponential viral spike, but it takes a little bit to retain that so that they keep coming back, and when they, coming, when they keep coming back, it's because you've figured out the intersection of your voice and where it resonates with other people, and then not being afraid to write in a, such a way that it resonates with them. Maybe um, it's, ha it's not being too, I guess, broad and universal, but having a specific opinion. You know, I'll, I'll add a little something to that. Um, 
the idea that your fan base is small is okay. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. In fact, if you come up with a really cool T-shirt that says, I live in Minnesota, you only have to sell five on Teespring for them to print them. So mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't have to be giant. But sometimes your friends and family aren't your community because they are your friends and family and they're reading it for the wrong reason. They're reading it because right. of, not because they, because they love your content. Mm-hmm. So w- when we were doing some research for a menopause site, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know how to write for that demographic or that thing. <laughs> right. So we interviewed... Neither did I. <laughs> we, we interviewed, um, I don't know, 25 different people and about menopause. Like, what, what is it? And then we put all of the interview recording or the transcripts into this program called Wordle. Hmm. Wordle spits out the top three, four, five, six word phrases that come out of, you know, that, that are most often uttered. Now, your human brain can never see this pattern, so you wouldn't be able to find it. But what we thought was interesting was that there's one phrase that pretty much everyone said, and that was they didn't like turning the fan on and off at night, in the middle of the night. Yeah. So when, when we wrote you know, a blog post or a headline with the idea that turning the fan on and off is really frustrating, then somebody who has menopause, who can totally identify that with that, is way more likely to share it with someone else they know who has menopause <laughs> than your friends and family who are amused by your post. Right. So mm-hmm. if you can learn to write to your audience, mm-hmm. who they really, really are inside their heart, mm-hmm. then they will share it with other people who have the same thing. That is your fan mm-hmm. base. They will help grow your base because they think, oh, this totally is totally how it's like. I've got to give this to my friend Sally. She has it too. She's going to love this. So when you can do that is when your community will grow. But yeah, until, I'm going to piggyback. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Until then, you're just, you're just a blogger. You're just writing posts, but you're not actually engaging and resonating. Yeah, I was going to say exactly what Dan was saying is your readers, even if it's one comment, they're giving you a huge clue into what they're looking for. A lot of times if it's something like I was feeling overwhelmed, I mean, they're already giving you words about something or if they're if they're, it's a coupon site, they're not knowing what to do. They're giving you the insight into the direction to go. Uh, I had once written a post where the mom had said, I love what you write. I love these 10 tips, but I feel like I'm failing. And the very next day, I wrote a letter to the mom who was failing, which ended up being one of the initial traffic drivers. But it was from listening back to the comment that I received the day before, not just overlooking it, but they're actually, when they're commenting, when they're liking, you're starting to get this snapshot of who's reading what you're writing. And then to use that to kind of help mold. I mean, they're giving you the phrases. Or if you're with your friends, start listening and paying attention to phrases that are used if you write about whatever topic it is, or designing, or cooking, or something like that. No. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. We have another friend who, who uh, runs SpeakingLatino.com. And Speaking Latino, as a, as a different example, is, is an, a language about speaking Spanish. But what he does is he teaches you the slang word 
or or the word in all the different languages. Like here's how you say cat in Spanish in Mexico, and here's how you say it in Spain, and here's how you say it in Brazil. So that is his okay. So when he started, he thought that travelers and teachers were going to be his community. This is what he thought. Mm-hmm. But who and you know what what ended up as his community was Spanish native Spanish speakers who when they saw his site and they could see their term for the word cat mm-hmm. amongst all the other terms they had this sense of national pride that like resonated within them they're like wow we are different we have our own terms i'm part of that group so you know on his site there's like a, a portuguese section or a or a peru section or a chilean section and in those instead of um advertising more Chilean Spanish books, he's able to sell flags, you know, and Chilean um, emblemed shirts and hats, and he's able to write about some national pride things that he never thought was his actual community. Right. His community is the people who resonate with the idea that I am I am Chilean, and this site makes me proud because I can I see we say things differently than other people. So his what he thought was his actual audience didn't end up being his actual audience. He had to figure out what it is that resonated with him, and then he went with that because it ended up being a lot more powerful than just language. Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, a lot of the common questions that bloggers ask about how many times a week should I post, and how many times should I be posting to social media, and should I be, you know, in link sharing groups, it sounds like we're almost all missing the boat. Like we're not sitting quietly paying attention to the the clues that we're giving or we're given and then really finding that path. And once we find that path, then all of that stuff kind of falls away and you find your rhythm and then you're successful in what, you know, however you deem success. You do not really find the bloggers who get it in those groups. I was just going to say the same thing. Like, if everybody's doing the same thing, then the pack is moving the same. Right. And there's nothing different. And so in order to separate yourself from the pack, you can listen to what everybody's doing, like they're structuring it, but figure out what is different about you so that you're you're not looking the same. If everything looks the same, then, then no one's going to want to share that. There's not as much growth there. And right. so it is learning from that, but being willing to say, I'm going to do it this way even though because this is what's best for my community and my readership at this moment. We have a curriculum we call clusters. And one of the things that we talk about there is is that your community exists online all the time. And you can be in your Facebook group, you know, all day and be talking to the same people plus 3%. Or you can go find a forum where your community exists and you can rock it there. I mean, if this is the thing you love, go be with your people. And then tell them about your Facebook group and bring them back and do community building activities in your Facebook group. But growth activities should occur outside where your, where your fans exist but don't know you exist yet. Becoming mm-hmm. guests of podcasts, writing guest posts on other people's site, finding forums, going to conferences in your industry, not blogging conferences, Go to a food and health conference. Go to a running conference. Like go be with the people that you serve. I mean, we're all for blogging conferences. We run a blogging conference. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. 
But we want you to, to go be part of your world too. Don't just be from the outside. You know, teachers go to teacher conferences and, you know, they go to education and curriculum conferences. They're trying to figure out, you know, how do I be better at what I do? So think about growth that way. Where are the people in the world who just don't know you exist yet but already share the same ideas and beliefs and want what you're writing? How do you get in front of those people? And I guarantee you it's not going to be on your Facebook group. You're going to have to go mm-hmm. find them. You have to, whether it's Facebook ads or forums or guest posts or podcasts, you know, whatever it is out there, you can search on iTunes for your niche in the podcast and you can email every single podcast host and ask if you can be a guest. You can pitch them an idea. They are, they've already put together your community and they're, they're listening. Like, go be in front of them. So instead of comparing yourself, wondering how many posts you should have, all that stuff, like, flip the coin. Be yeah. as aggressive as you can and just go after it. That's, That's true. Like if you're looking at Facebook shares, like for instance, you could get your group of blogger friends to share it, but is that your target market? What the real question is is who are you writing for? Those are the people that you want to get to be the ones to share it because that's where that that element of growth goes. It's not the initial share. I always look at no matter what I'm writing, I want the share beyond that initial one because that tells me it's resonating with that person, but it's also resonating with the next group of people beyond my needing to be the one to put it into their stream. And so that is how I really challenge people to structure their writing. Like, you know, we can have these fabulous share groups, but it's really, we need to write it not for that group, but for our readers so that they're the ones that are the ones sharing it. No, we started so this. So the question I had to, oh, oh. No, go I'm ahead. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> I'm here. Um, the question. question I have, <laughs> I'm, the question I have is this. Okay, so you speak about. I, I had a friend who wrote a post about. Sometimes she felt like we were just blogging for other bloggers because, like, when you're in the share groups and you're in those Facebook groups, it's like you're just writing to give it to another blogger who's going to bounce back and probably write a post to reply to the post you wrote, and it just becomes like a ping pong effect. And I know sometimes I get a little frustrated in that area because you really feel like, okay, I want to reach not just bloggers. I want to reach people who just happen to read a blog, you know what I mean? So how do you suggest that we take it outside of that little box that we sometimes stick ourselves in where we're just going back and forth between bloggers? Because sometimes it can be really hard to get a non-blogger to share something. Because I have friends who read a blog and they just like, oh, like in person they'll say, I love that post, but they don't actually comment on it and they don't even know like, okay, I should share this with someone else. So how do you think we should do that or get to that point? Well, we're huge fans of keyword theme maps. And that is doing the the keyword research on your topic and knowing exactly you know, every single way that your audience is searching for a topic because you ultimately want to be in front of the people who want you most. Now, mm-hmm. I could write a post about bullying and and there's lots of people in Freebly Mastermind and Bloggy Concentrated, other bloggers who would like the post. But if I can get that post in front of kids who are bullied or parents of kids who are bullied, mm-hmm. then... Those are the people who will share it because that's the right audience. The idea that anyone in our peer group would share it is not even something we should expect because they're not our people. They're kind of our neighbors. You know, they're the teachers down the hall. 
but they're not the students. So we, we really have to focus on that. Mm-hmm. You know, we started this off with a question about we see other bloggers doing X, Y, and Z. And yeah. I'll tell you right now that 99% of bloggers don't make any money. So if you follow other bloggers, then there's a good chance that you also not make any money. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other problem is, like we said in the beginning, when you compare, you're really comparing using the wrong tools. Yeah. It's that we have two statements at every blogging concentrated event that we try to drill into people. And the first one is that there is no should. Oh, I wrote that down. Awesome. And the second one is <laughs> you are an island. So with okay. there is no should, there isn't a, a should between you should be blogging once a day, twice a day, five times a day, three times a week, two times a month. You know, my parents, okay. they make a healthy income on their blog, and they write a post a week, sometimes a post a month. And then Maggie Miller at Family Frugal Fun, she probably posts 20 times a day. So it doesn't matter, like, what one person's doing. That doesn't, that shouldn't tell you anything whatsoever. And then, again, my parents make a ton of money from AdSense. And then you'll look at your AdSense and wonder, I'm not really making it. How, how are they making I have the ads exactly. in the same <laughs> But uh-huh. all of their keywords are curated and they're commercial and they pay well. Like they don't even write unless they already know what the ads pay for and what the search is. Their site is 100% designed for that. So you'll look at it and go, I, I don't know what's special about that site. They have the same amount of traffic, but they make five times the money. What am I doing wrong? Like nothing. You're not doing anything wrong. You can't compare yourself to anyone else. Your site is totally different. The way that a reader's eyes peruse your site is totally different than any other site on the planet. Now, if you want somebody to click an ad, then that ad must be in the line of sight. And if somebody doesn't see it, then how are they going to click it? Mm-hmm. If you put an ad above your header, but at the same time you start every blog post off with a picture, don't people scroll down as soon as they see a picture? Aren't you sabotaging yourself with the ad above the header? Because every time they get to your site, they scroll down and they don't even get to see that the, the ad above the header. So you can't ever compare yourself to another site. It's not logical or possible because every single factor is different. The only thing you have to figure out is how am I a good steward for this community? How do I make them better? And when I do, they will share and I will grow. That's that's all we have. Yeah. What you're saying, too, about the idea that you're only writing for other bloggers, and I have a real challenge for everyone to think about with that one is, is let's just go back to like your Facebook group or something like that. Your page there, your readers are really coming there to hear something that you write. There's something about you that there's that resonates. It's that message. And if you're con- if you're in something where you're sharing content all the time, it might not resonate with such a way to promote that type of growth. And so that's where the challenge is. I love love supporting other bloggers and and figuring out what we can do. But if we're in that kind of I think it's like this catch twenty two cycle where you share this, we'll share this. And sometimes the shares aren't really about your community. It's really about that other community. And I, it's almost deciding, I really need to focus on my readers. And what am I going to share here today that improves their lives, that offers whatever hope and encouragement, the why behind you write? And then that, I believe, is where you can start to break out of that pack. Now, if you come to a blogging concentrated event, we're going to show you, um, we're going to show you exactly what Rachel does on Facebook, where sometimes okay. she could care less about shares, and mm-hmm. sometimes she could care less about comments. 
We're going to show you the exact strategy that she uses because one of her measures is, can I get a 1,000 likes on my blog in an hour, in the first hour that I post something? And when you have that goal, there are some things that you've figured out about this world that other people haven't figured out. And the idea that she reads the developer's blog behind Facebook, the people who write Facebook, they have their own blog, that she writes that because she's trying to hone her craft. If you're not doing that, then then I, the Blogging Concentrate is a great place for you because we're going to distill all that information into a session where we go through the strategy of every single post. Because when she writes a post, there is a specific purpose for every single one. I want you to share this. I want you to comment on this. I want you to like this. I want you to engage with this. Each one is different, and there's a different strategy for every time that she posts something. You can go look at Finding Joy on Facebook and try to figure it out for yourself, but we're going to break it down for you, and it's going to... Blow your mind in terms of, I didn't realize that we could do that. So we're hoping that you come because it, this kind of stuff is awesome for us to talk about. Yeah, I I am so, so excited that you guys are coming to the Triangle for BC Sequoia, and you're coming to Charlotte for BC Circles. That's March 7th and March 8th. And let me tell you, just this 30 minutes of talking, I'm like, I can't believe we get to do this for eight hours and yes, go fast I'm so excited and the thing also which I really really want to um, stress is that we are not sitting in a room with 300 other people listening to you we are sitting with 30 other people so that means that you can we can bring our questions not only are we going to get blown away because really honestly you guys and people watching, Dan and Rachel are the people that you learn from. This is who they learn from. So you're skipping the middleman and you're going right to the top. You know, you don't have to, it, it's just, I can't even explain how excited and valuable these two days are going to be. Um, but you're going straight to the top. This is where people learn. And, you know, when you go to conferences and you hear other people, this is, these are the people that they learn from. Like, these are the, like, you can't get any better than this. I'm, <laughs> I can't, I can't even stress that enough. But I'm just, I'm obviously so, so excited to sit in a room with you guys with 29 other people and get all of this valuable information that is where I think a lot of bloggers are stuck. And, it's really going to turn everybody's idea of what they should be doing and how they are approaching everything totally on its axis and change. It's going to change your life. <laughs> I really feel like it's going to be a pivotal moment for every blogger that enters that room. Like it's going, they can, they'll be able to trace it back. Like if people pay attention, take notes and then do what you guys are suggesting I really feel like they're going to be able to trace it back and say it was this day at this conference that really propelled me forward. We have those letters. They're pretty cool. It's very yeah. cool. We really love what we do, though. I mean, we love love those days. And at the end of every single event, one of us gets teary. So I can guarantee that as well. Well, more of the issues. <laughs> You know, outside of blogging, Nicole, I definitely think you should do some sort of tutorial on bed making because <laughs> it's the most immaculate made bed I've ever seen. It could go Pinterest crazy. Well, it's so almost like a, yeah. make your bed the Nicole way. It definitely go viral. Viral. <laughs> 
I will. I will actually go into Target, make a video about how to make the beds there, since they have, you know, some that are that you know they have the. <laughs> Any video at Target is awesome, so I'm all for it. I would suggest that exactly you, that you find and wear some sort of military outfit for this video. Yes. That <laughs> yes. Because yes. that is definitely military style blazing <laughs> right there. I think you should go full military. That is awesome. Get the Coast Guard to stand in the background or something. Just like, like this oh, is how you yeah. do it. For the perfect bed. You got to do a number too because, you know, people like that. I can do it. Six. You know, and then you can add the word easy. Six easy. I know, but I really don't think that. I don't think you can bounce a quarter off of it. I think it's oh, yeah. an illusion. Like, oh, it I think it's good. No, no, no. 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 You could, you no. could bounce deflated off that. If I had started in my room <laughs> and, and my bed was there, I would have quickly switched to this location because I had seen yours and I would have felt peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is so funny because this is definitely intimidation. a should moment. Um, I used to have like this really cute corner in this, you know, in this office where I did all my hangouts and um, that's gone now. We gave that room to my youngest son. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what is this? E like, what does my background even look like this morning? At, like an hour before we got on, I I uh, I clicked a, a hangout and opened it up and I was like, all right, well, this is, you know, this is it. Like, so I'm so <laughs> background conscious and I think it's hilarious that you guys are. <laughs> I wanted bed. to tell you that I love you even more that you did the, the background check because I did that this morning as well. I had something, I had it open. I'm like, ah, that's not going to work. So I moved around. I always go for depth. Oh, I tried see, that. And I, I went like, to the outside too. Yeah. Well, you know, there was lots of light oh, adjustment and everything. And oh, that's so funny. Well, thank you guys so much for your time and your knowledge. And I just, the sad thing is after probably the first three sentences I realized that I was going to have to watch this over and then take notes. <laughs> so I was like, okay, focus on what they're saying now. Stay in the moment. Stay in the moment. You can take notes later. It's a video. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much. And I'm so excited to see you guys in early March, March 7th and 8th. Yes, we're not very far now. Yes. No. Did you know that our goal at the North Carolina Blogger Network is to create a strong statewide community of bloggers working together to support and encourage each other? It's also our goal to provide our members with paid opportunities to work with brands they know and love. So if you're looking to turn blogging into a business and make some money while you're having fun, then definitely consider joining the North Carolina Blogger Network. We love having you as a part of our Anchor community, but if you want to take it to the next level and you're a Facebook user, join us on Facebook for free blogging tips and all sorts of fun. You can find us at facebook.com slash ncbloggernetwork. Once you do swing by, make sure you say hello and let us know you're a part of our Anchor community. We'd love to see you there.